Welcome back to The Modern Missionary, hosted by YWAM Endless Summer and joined by Fireplace Ministries. I am James Walton, your host, and I'm joined by Taylor and Natalia. Today, we're talking about how the modern missionary needs community, uh, something that we've learned and experienced through just our walks as ministers in faith. To be really effective, there's an incredible tool uh, that is called community, and we want to dive into community, expand upon that a little bit more today. Um, but first, to get us started, I think a great place place to start is to take a temperature on like where the church is currently interacting in community and what community means. There's so many different avenues for us to view community, um, but we want to talk about it through the Christian perspective. So where is the church at in regards to community today? What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I, I would say, honestly, I think I think we're in a kind of a rough spot in general with community. I think, I think from the, the pandemic, you know, uh, it was at least where we're at, it said that you cannot be in community six feet away from all people, you know, and, and, uh, and do not meet with people. And I, and we understand that, that what the need for that at the time and all that stuff, but now coming on the other side of it, I think there's still some residual fear inside of people where it was so ingrained inside of us, you know, people are dangerous. Don't get around people. Don't go into groups, you know, and now all of a sudden we're expected just to live like life is normal again. And I think people are still really freaked out, you know? So one, I think, there's kind of this social awkwardness. I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like everyone kind of came out of the pandemic kind of socially awkward. Like we don't know how to yeah. talk with people in person yeah, anymore, sure. you know, <laughs> you're like, and, and, and there's like a fear and there's some weirdness there. And I think also people have substituted a church community for like sermons online because we just, we went online for the last couple of years, you know? And so I think learning that no church is more than just a sermon we listen to yeah. it's the community it's coming together it's it's being together sharing back and forth dialogue and i think we've lost a lot of that we've substituted it for youtube for church you know sermons like that and and fear so i i would say we're kind of in a rough patch where we need as the the church to learn how to do community again right now i don't know i think natalia what do you think oh sorry, well James. let me let me dive in there real quick i think there's an aspect though taylor that COVID actually revealed like what it like we thought we had community and then when right. COVID hit and we didn't have like a sunday morning to like come together and gathered uh, the reality was like oh actually we don't have community and where like we're meant to be like we like thought that like oh it's community i see these people every week but now you took that gathering place away and like at least in our church and like the size that it was at it was like oh we don't actually have any connection with people outside of these sunday sunday morning gatherings we're actually our lives aren't actually intertwined enough where we're actually mm -hmm. connected in a meaningful way we just saw each other because of these church services or programs and now you've removed those and we're actually like not as involved in people's lives anymore so like that's been a revealing thing for at least like my church i think that we went through through covid and then coming out of that i think there there it definitely impacted us in terms of what we saw and i think we're kind of recumbering like or taking a new kind of degree of like what is community and realizing we can't just depend on gathering at services or events but it needs to be more than that yes mm -hmm. what about you natalia um i think something that's interesting in the pandemic too is so some communities got really good and really deep and really invested because they're like these are the five people these are the five people within my like accepted circle for covid and they're the ones uh, i'm doing all of my life with and in those kinds of communities it's odd too because then the whole missional element 
of community is lost, right? Um, John fifteen thirty five, Jesus tells his disciples, you will be known by your love for one another. So like, yes, there's supposed to be a radical love, a radical generosity and givenness toward one another um, that really pulls out Christ in one another, right? But community loses so much of its purpose when completely isolated from people who don't know Jesus. So there's this other aspect that happened in the pandemic too, of like a lot of us even lost that intention in our communities that like, it is supposed to be a protected place where we're pursuing Jesus together, but also it's supposed to be incredibly permeable and it's supposed to be attractive to people who don't know Jesus because of the great love um, that Christians have for one another. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, for the modern missionary, there is this aspect that, uh, community is such a tool for the effectiveness of our message and our gospel. But I think a, a normal Christian today doesn't really see it. I think community can also be this thing. It's like, it's for me, it's to support me, um, or we're just not mm-hmm. in community. So it's just not really a factor that we're playing in terms of like how we are engaging with the world and the gospel and being missionaries at all. Um, and so like, you know, there is the verse that I love in John thirteen thirty five, and it says, by this, everyone will know that you were, are my disciples by the way that you love one another. And it's like, you don't have to go out preaching. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is love well the Christians around you. And like, that should be sign enough to people around you that you are Christians, that you are different. And uh, I find in culture today, uh, that's just like, there's not enough Christians thinking that way. Hey, like, hey, let's go hang out and let's go do that in a public environment and display because the way that we love one another is so unique and so different that it's going to be a testimony. I don't, I just don't think Christians have that kind of like thought process going into the way that they see their relationships with other believers at all. Yeah. I think it's very like, what is this giving to me? And in some ways too, it's like, mm-hmm. It's something like that has been talked about. This isn't like a new thing that I'm saying, um, but how consumer culture has invaded the church. That you can go to a church, you can like the sermon, you can like the services offered. Um, that like, oh, they play the music that I like, and oh, like the preacher agrees with most of the things I believe already, and oh, like they have like the kids service and the youth and um, the young adults, and then they have the women's ministry and the men's ministry and the family stuff. Right? It's like this these services that are offered. Um, and sometimes we think of it in a very consumeristic way instead of being like, okay, like how is my involvement in the community, not just benefiting the other people there, but how is that actually a declaration of the goodness of God to people who don't know Jesus? Yeah. Natalia, you've said this before and I want to pull it out of you again. Uh, but I think what church community has turned into is like we've identified, like you're saying, we've identified these affinity, affinity groups, um, age groups as like where places where like, oh, Chris, you have these things in common. Uh, and you said that like we are sometimes we're just friends who happen to be Christians as opposed to like a Christian community with Jesus at the center and purpose. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? Yes. Um, uh, this was one of my soapboxes all through colleges. There's a difference between Christian community and Christians in community. Because Christians in community is just a group of friends who happen to be Christians, right? And oftentimes this is what church engagement looks like for us, right? But Christian community is marked by the values of Jesus and the life of Jesus and the way of Jesus being lived out together. So the thing that's pulling everyone 
um, together is Jesus. And that is remarkable. And that's what John 1535 is talking about is it's regardless of race and it's regardless of age, irregardless, excuse me. Um, and when you see that kind of diversity coming together all around Jesus, like that is a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that when a community is being intentional and that's what modern missionary is about kind of like empowering us to be intentional lifestyle living out like in our pursuit of Jesus, right? Is that um, it, we've talked about this in other episodes where it's an activation of the mind, be like, no, I'm going to do it. And that needs to happen in the community. Sometimes the community will be self-serving, but it's like, guys, let's not just come together to support one another, meet each other in our needs and carry each other's burdens, which we should do. But it's also like, let's be intentional about this community in seeking Jesus and being available for Jesus and being missional for Jesus. And uh, yeah, I think there just needs to be that kind of activation that takes place in these like Christian affinity groups. It's like, actually, we're going to use this for the sake of Jesus, not just for the sake of ourselves. Um, one thing that I've seen in YWAM culture specifically is uh, students come in young, middle, like whatever age they come into, but everybody does a discipleship training school. And a discipleship training school is such an incredible season of life where for three months, you're surrounded by a community of people where you're seeking God, you're in classes, you're learning about them, you're practicing intercession, you're practicing prayer, you're practicing evangelism, you're like living in tight community, like sharing every meal together. You're often sharing housing together in like tight quarters. So you're getting this like deep dive into like your lifestyles being meshed in the other ones. Uh, and then you pull a student and they finish their DTS and then they go right back home to like their church or where they're from. And suddenly now they're like, wait, like that was church. What I just experienced, that was it. Like that was community. And now they're in back in like American church or whatever type of like uh, like culture that they're thrown back into. And I think there's just like this really awe moment of like, wait, I just experienced like community in a way I've never touched on before, but now I'm back in like normal lifestyle. And it's really hard to kind of like re-engage with that sense because then you have the standard and the experience of what you have. And that's a struggle a lot of YWAMers go through just because what a powerful experience it is. But I think like, and what happens sadly is a lot of YWAMers get jaded from that and they get angry at the church and there's a little bit of bitterness there. Um, and I like, I definitely like been on ropes of that. So there's a question and like the need to like, we got to figure out like what real community is and not everybody can just like, you know, go live together in like tight community, live every meal. Like that is a unique space created in like a discipleship training school environment. But like, how do you guys think that applies into normal day-to-day -day living? You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think it's, it's tough. It's, um, and I, I've seen it with any anyone who lives in an intentional community. I mean, even kids go to when I was a youth pastor, they go to summer camp, you know, and they're in this deep community for a week and then they come home and they just crash because they go back home to their normal lives. And so so I see it any time. And I think it's because our souls long and cry out to be in community. And so when we find a glimpse of it, that feels so real. And then we go back home to our just normal lives. Um it feels like there's a grieving that happens in our hearts, you know, and, and we long it. So the question is, okay, so how, 
how do we then create a culture where we're getting that community, you know, throughout the week while we're doing the rest of our stuff. And I would say um, kind of going into that is just being really intentional, really pursuing people, realizing church is not just the Sunday morning service, church is the body of Christ, you know, so, so we would do all throughout the week for me, I would be, um, I would be on one night serving somewhere with people. Cause when you serve together, you grow in community together. Right. And like Natalia said, you're not just consuming, you're giving. So I joined a youth group to serve at, I joined, um, a food thing to join. I joined a Bible study that was midweek. I, uh, joined, um, you know, and then the Sunday morning thing, and then also went to another worship night thing. So I, I, I intentionally said, okay, I got to work 40 hours a week, but outside of those hours, I'm going to intentionally pursue relationship with a group of people, you know, and I'm going to pursue not just them for fun, but I'm going to pursue pursuing Jesus with them. I'm going to pursue a greater cause like serving or studying or going after Jesus right together. And that really helped me at least um, start to pull together uh, what I had in YWAM, but out here working, you know, uh, your, your full-time job. Right. And so I would encourage people there's community out there and there are people who long for it, but you do have to, you have to pursue it intentionally and you have to go after it. And I would encourage you a few times a week, go serve somewhere, go do a connect group, Bible study group, go do a prayer group, go do, go play a sport together, do something to pursue relationship. Cause if you just sit back and are sad, it's not going to come to you. You got to go fight for it. So really is something you got to fight for. Yeah, I think what happens in a DTS is that everybody's on that journey together of discovering what community is. And so you're kind of learning together and like in that agreement process of opening up and it's a journey together. Whereas when you're back home, you're kind of like, how do you get everybody else to get on that same page? And I've just, I found it so difficult to get people out of their shells to be like, Hey, I want to be in community. Hey, I want like, I want you to come over when, whenever, like, I want you to be a part of my life and a part of my kid's life. And like, and it, it's really hard to establish that type of like culture when the culture of today is like, no, we live separate individual lives and it's, it's tough. It's difficult. Um, but again, like the, the purpose of this modern missionary podcast is to like take experience knowledge of us as like individuals coming to this podcast, but also just what we've learned in culture and society throughout the years of Christ. And like, what does it take to be an effective missionary? And we want to stand kind of like from this perspective, of like how does a ministry, uh, a missionary be effective, be successful in whatever kind of environment they're pulled into. And so we're really looking at it being like community is a key factor to be successful. And so with that kind of like that perspective, let's ask the question of like, what or why, like, what is the solution to using community effectively as a missionary? What are the things we can do? Because I like for me, I'm still in this process of really figuring it out. As a missionary in North County, we are trying to create that culture of like, you know, connection, but like, I just, I've been finding it so hard to get people out of their shelves and engage and like, and be like, Hey, I want to, I don't want to just like be your friend, but I want to like be brothers and sisters in Christ as we like pursue Christ and like our lifestyle and everything. It's hard. Natalia, do you have any solutions or answers to that? Okay. So I think one thing, this is hard because this requires a little bit of boldness, you know? Um, but getting the initial buy-in from people that like, all right, so we do live in an individualistic society. And what does that mean? That means that you, 
um, as a singular person, your goals and dreams are most important in how you shape your life, right? Like, like your comfortability, really. Um, and like, that is completely in contrast to how community works. Um, how many times, you know, like, have you committed to dinner plans? And then the night of you're like, I'm tired, and I don't want to go, <laughs> like, you know, and yeah. if it's a bigger group, yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. fantastic, I'll back out, right? No one will notice. <laughs> if it's a smaller group, you're like, all right, we're going to text them before that we can only go for an hour. And that's all we have. Right. But it's just like, that is not at all the way of Jesus. And, and that's not to say not to have boundaries or not to respect like your body's needs and like your need for rest and your need for solitude and all of those things. But it is to say, okay, what is, what is our buy-in? What is actually our goal? And, um, it's been really sweet with, um, the last few roommates I've had to say, okay, our primary goal in our home is to be a place where the presence of God abides, where other people can come in and find safety and rest in our hospitality. Um, and that people who don't even know Jesus would find a community here that is ready to just embrace them because of like the love that abides in this home right and so it's been really sweet to like have that standard set right away with like the person i live with and then from that like central place as people come in and like become part of our integral circle right they buy into that vision and then all of a sudden they're like hey this international student like is having a birthday can we host their birthday party at your house And i'm like of course right like mm. they don't have anywhere to go and like of course you want them to feel loved and like we're gonna open up for that so I think the first thing is just being clear about the goal. You know, I think sometimes as Christians, we try to be sneaky. We're like, I'm going to host this and that and the other and try to create community. Right. Um, and it'll just happen to be deep and someone will happen to open up um, instead of being clear with the people we spend the most time with about what we're trying to do in being hospitable and in opening up and like, in the communities we're trying to create. Yeah, I think Jesus, when he sent, he always sent his disciples out in two. And like, there wasn't just, you're not meant to be just this missionary out on your own, but going with somebody, going together. Um, I know for me, I like both of you, I've served on YWAM in the summer staff. So both of you have been such an empowerment to me as somebody who's like starting out this new thing uh, to be able to bring some people alongside me in this journey who are working with me, uh, even if like the end goal might be different, like for where both of you are headed, but to be able to serve alongside me has just been such an encouragement that I'm just not alone. And that like in this journey, and so it, it builds me up, you know, and like, uh, I think in the start of our YWAM base, that's been what's different. It's like, we haven't had like a team that's just like, we're starting from this. It's been Rochelle and I, and we've been able to, I've been so grateful to like add both of you to that team in this journey. And like, it's been such an encouragement, but we're just as missionaries in this modern day, like don't go at it alone needs to be something that we understand. Like uh, if we can just enter and engage with culture in pairs, like that's the way that Jesus would have us do it. Right. Yeah. I think um, a lot of times too, I don't know if you guys have seen this. I saw this a lot where, um, people have kind of a, uh, they don't have an attitude approaching community like Jesus had, where Jesus made community by, by loving them, serving them, uh, pouring into them, you know, and then community flocked to him. And I've noticed when there's people who kind of have an attitude of, um, how come nobody pursues me? They, they usually don't have a community. 
you know, they, they, mm. they usually, and they, the very same people and there's this common complaint. Yeah. Yeah. But I reached out and then they didn't reach out back to me, you know, kind of a thing. And, uh, and they've asked me, you know, why do you have so many friends, all this stuff? How do you do that? And I'm like, well, I, I pursued other people regardless of if they ever pursued me back or not. And I'm not keeping a tally of like, I pursued you. I called you once and you didn't call me back. You know, there's certain friends, like I've called them 50 times and they've never called me back. Right. But I've said, I've chosen in my heart, that person's valuable and I'm mm -hmm. pursuing them. Right. And so there's not this equal, like mm. people say, well, all relationships are give and take. And it's kind of like, well, well, yeah, like you don't want to be in a relationship where someone's just like attacking you. Right. But at the same time, like, but it's also no, like when I look at Jesus, he just poured in, right? He just poured in, poured in, poured in, right? And so if you want to develop mm. a community in your life, you you have to be have a heart posture that says like, I'm here to pour into them and to love them, right? And I'm not going to like, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not keeping track yeah. of how many people are like coming back at me. I'm pouring into them. And when you do that, like in everything, like you're the first to listen versus share. You're the first to ask, how are you doing versus how come mm. you never ask me how I'm doing? You know, like you're the first to write all that you find it does end up coming back to you. Cause everyone's like, that guy's awesome. That girl's awesome. Like I want to be their friend. Right. You know, but you first start with this selfless mm. approach of like, I'm just here to love people and then watch a community starts to form around you. You know, have you guys seen anything like that? Yeah. I think culture will say in that situations, like if you stop reaching out to people, nobody reaches out to you. They're not your real friends. And that's what like culture wants to say. But I think where your approach to that, Taylor, you said like, um, this person's valuable and like worth pouring into. And just like that with your mindset of being like, no, I want to pursue them. Not because like, and you're not saying they're valuable because they give to me. You're just identifying that they're valuable as an individual. And so therefore worth pursuit of. And I think that that is so valuable because I do think culture and it's infiltrated in a Christian society where it will say like, uh, if somebody's not reaching out to me, then like, ah, oh, this relationship's not worth going anywhere. Um, but you, you absolutely Christians, we need to be, uh, intentional about pursuing people and going after them because they're valuable of who they are as just a son or daughter of Christ. And not because you're like, oh, that person's cool or that person has a lot to give me, but just like, just out of that individual, um, for sure. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And I, and I don't have this expectation and, and understand that everyone's not in the same season of you. Some people, they can only give you a, a small mm -hmm. piece. Right. And that's why I always tell people too, like, you have to have room for more than one best friend. And you always have to have room in your heart for a new best friend to appear on the scene. You know, like, uh, like otherwise Jesus is like, yo, I got my 12 Taylor. You can never be my best friend. Sorry. You know, <laughs> like I got my 12, I'm good, you know? And no. And it's like, if we're called to be like Jesus, he always had room for another person to get close to his heart. And I think it's the same with us. Like, and I've seen people fall into this danger where they're like, I got my right. one best friend, right. I got my two best friends. And then if that friend gets married or has kids or their season changes or like something happens, they move away, then their life is crushed and they no longer have community. Right. And that's why the scripture says there's wisdom and multitude mm. of counsel. Right. And it's just this idea of build a community. And there's some friends, I don't expect them to be everything mm. to me. Right. I, I built a whole community and it's like, if I need, 
advice on this area, I go to that guy. If I need advice on this area, I go to that person. I don't expect one or two people to be yeah. my everything because only Jesus can do that, right? And so I build a whole community around me. That way, when that way, when people have hard seasons, I'm not derailed because I'm in a full body of Christ. I'm not putting everything into mm. one person in my life. You know, does that make sense? So I encourage people build a whole community around you of people and pour into them. Don't just sit back and be like, no, I got my one person and I'm good. So here's the tension uh, that I've just like been experiencing over the last like four years is that like, okay, we've narrowed it down to like 10 people uh, that Rochelle and I want to be in like the small group with. Uh, but then, so the tension is like preserving that intimacy versus like having a missional growth mindset. And, and th- that's a tough place to be. And Natalia, do you, what do you, what do you think about that? Do you think there is space to be like, oh, this is like my like reliable group or should that place always be open to like adding? It's a tension. I, I don't think I've found an answer to it because I definitely think to be missional, it needs to be open to growth, but there's a place where that's like unsustainable and knowing each other. So do you have any thoughts on that? Um, couple, yeah, couple thoughts. So I think what's interesting is even within the disciples, like Jesus had the ones he was closer to, um, you know, there's the 12 and then there's the three and then there's John, the beloved who the others are like, you asked Jesus who's going to betray him. Like, you know, like they know that John's the closer one. And so I think like within our circles, a lot of times, as Christians, we're like, oh, it's the nice thing to like not have these different like stratifications of like who can be a certain level of close to me. It's like, actually, like that's not even a value statement on them. That's like for me as a person who knows that I'm not going to be fully formed into Christ's image without people who are walking closely enough with me to call me out when I don't look like Jesus, right? And I can't actually do that effectively with 12 people, right? Like, I can't be close enough to 12 people to have them be like, Hey, Natalia, you're kind of short, like in this conversation, like what's going on there? (laughs) Like you are not loving, like what's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think the thing that's interesting is a lot of times we think of it in terms of like selfishness versus not selfishness of like protecting like the core intimate group versus like being super open and like being unselfish about it. And I think what's interesting is we forget this piece of like, um, like we need like a place to be called out and we need a place to confess our sins one to another. And so in my mind, like that's the other piece that has to be brought into like protecting like the inner circle. And so I think the thing that's kind of fun with that is being able to say, Hey, like we're all investing in each other's growth, but like, what is our growth doing? Is our growth the end in and of itself? Or do we have places outside of this where that growth is going to bless other people and we get to return here and like celebrate and encourage that even more, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then even within that, it's the willingness to be like, wow, this group has been super effective and super sweet. And we have a lot of people that want to join. So we're splitting into two, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. that is the other part that says something incredible of like, I love to imagine how like these disciples after like every day together, three years, They go in twos, right? Like, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, to the end of the earth. And they start doing it, right? I love the idea of that first council in Jerusalem, of them coming back together and just discussing. Like, you know, it's like an argument that brought them back together. But I bet they were so excited to, like, see the other people that they had walked with, right? And to get that encouragement. Um, And so, in some ways, 
I feel like we have to let ourselves be human about it. You know, like these are my close people and these are the ones making me more like Jesus. And yet at the same time, I am focused on the mission and I can't lose sight of those two things being mm-hmm. intention. Well, the last like couple minutes of this podcast, there's two things that I would love for us to be able to identify. The first one is like, what does a true missional community, like what will they do? Like what will they accomplish? Like what will they have? Kind of what are some of those things? Uh, and then the second question is like, okay, and then how do we create that? Taylor, you kind of started talking about that a little bit, but how do we really like if we want that, we, we're identifying that we don't have that, but we want that or we experience it elsewhere and we need, we're in a place where we need to create it. How do we start creating that community? So first question right now, Taylor, we can shoot to you is like, what does a missional community need to have? Or what does it like, what does it just like actually create in being a missional community? Yeah, I, I would say definitely for one, the the common mission, you know, kind of a thing. Like if you're a missional community, you got you to gotta have a mission you're going after, you know? And so, and so being with people who uh, this community wants to pursue Christ, they want to pursue the kingdom, they want to pursue changing this world for Jesus, you know, and if you, um, you have to surround yourself with people that you want to become like, and you're going after, right. And, and it's a similar, they're all going after the same desire. Right. So I would say if you're in a community where they're like tearing down and they don't want Jesus and they're just kind of like, uh, they don't really want much in their life and they're not, they're going after worldly things. Like that's not a missional community, (laughs) you know? And so if you're saying, I want a missional community that makes an impact, you have to look at the values of the people in that group and in that community. And if you all have that common value of chasing after Christ with everything you got, like that's a missional community. So one, they have to have the mission of Christ. Um, but another practical thing is like I was saying earlier is pursue God together, study, go after together, worship together, pray together. If you're in a group of people where you've never prayed for each other, I wouldn't really say it's it's a deep group. You know, you have to have people like mm-hmm. Natalia was saying, and, and there's a verse in the Bible that talks about confessing your sins to one another. You have to have that group of people that you are willing to be vulnerable with, open up with, confess where you messed up with, chase Jesus with, get prayer, give prayer, you know, and serve alongside towards a greater mission. Mm-hmm. You know, that those are all yeah. characteristics I would say are inside of a missional missionary community right um versus the contrast is the worldly community where you don't really see any of that yeah and what natalia was saying like in order to arrive there to make that happen is like natalia you had a conversation with your roommate about defining like the purpose of where you're going and like that communication aspect is so key and so fundamental but i think often lost so it's like i would say i would encourage you to be like hey uh examine your friend group, like who's the one you're close with, you trust and like invite them into a conversation on this topic. Be like, Hey, uh, I want to be, I want to create like more of a missional Jesus focused community. Um, will you join me in this pursuit? And these are some of the things like I want to do. I want to together pursue the lost and like relationship. I want to together keep each other accountable towards like really living out our faith. I want to, to get, and so like, I think that starts at a conversation. So I would say, go have a cup of coffee with your friend being like, Hey, I want to talk intentionally about how our community is being used because I think uh, in like, we grew up in schools where friendships just happened community just happened. You just got on sports teams and it was like there, but uh, as adults and as believers, we need to be intentional about like 
taking taking responsibility of our community be like no this this thing's not just going to happen like i'm gonna go i'm gonna set the standard and pursue it and seek it and make it happen so i would say like to arrive at taylor's point of like having that like common mission you got to go you got to set that have that talk Amen. you know I think something that's so interesting that marks the community of believers in Acts 2, 42 through 45 is no one had any need. So just think about a place where vulnerability is safe enough that like you can say you have a need and like everyone is so invested in each other's well-being that they won't let you continue to have a need. Um, and that concept of radical givenness, mm. right? Like radical generosity and investment in someone else's good. Um, is not something that does well with our mindsets because we have zero sum calculations, right? Like we're like, there's a limited amount of resources. And if I give this, then what will I have, right? And yeah. so the thing that's so yeah. cool about Christian community is it's supposed to be defined by the heavenly economy, right? Like Christian economy is not capitalistic. Like it's not, like it is not a zero sum calculation. We glorify the God of abundance who wants to pour out through the people of God, on the people of God, so that no one has any need. And that's what's turning heads and leading to thousands being saved in the midst of, yes, the miracles, and yes, them gathering together daily to pray, and yes, the preaching, right? But it's also like, like mm. that is deeply convicting, right? To think of, oh, wow, like, this was a defining aspect of them. And this isn't even something we consider when we talk about like our friend groups that are Christians, right? Yeah. Uh, finally, like need to have is that, so coming back to that first verse, you'll know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. We, the way we love one another needs to be distinguishable from this world. Like how are you uh, in a public place, like building up that person? How are you caring for that person? How is like your love and care for the community around you actually being a testimony to the world around you? Um, that's your standard, right? You're not just friends, but like it's this deep Christ centered community. And uh, gosh, a uh, point that's just coming to my mind is Christians, the love that we have between Christian friendships, like it, we got to raise the bar. If they hurt you, I think there needs to be a responsibility to seek like resolution and healing in that. Like we're, there's a higher level of relationship we're called to. The world would say like that person hurt me. Mm, we're just going to go separate ways. I forgive you, but we're not going to be friends anymore. But I feel like Jesus loving community would be like, hey, I love you so much or I care about you so much as an individual. Uh, you're that valuable that I'm actually I'm not going to let this thing get in the way of it. I want to bring resolve to it and I actually want to restore like healthy friendship with it. Um, and I think we got to raise that bar because I've seen in Christian community, that bar just gets dropped. And it's like, oh, those two people, we can't hang, they can't hang out. You know, now our group is like split hanging out because they're not willing to like, and I think like as Christian, we're called to a higher level of love, not just brotherly love, not just like friendship love, but like agape, like self-sacrificing love. That should be the standard in Christian community. Um, closing thoughts. I, Go ahead, yeah, Taylor. Sorry. With, well, I was going to say, kind of adding on to that, I think with as the just the willingness to kind of what I heard you start to say as well and include was just the willingness to like work through conflict of like conflict is okay. Like yeah. you see it in, um, you see it with Jesus and the disciples, you know, you see it with the disciples amongst each other. You see it with uh, Paul rebuking mm. Peter, mm -hmm. you know, you see <laughs> like you see a lot of conflict amidst this deep loving 
community. So just because you're in a Christian community doesn't mean that there's not yeah. going to be conflict. You know, um, there's even two people who are chasing Jesus with their yeah. whole heart are still going to have big disagreements. Yeah. And they, you see Paul and Barnabas, they literally had to split ways um, because of a conflict they had over, over what to do with, with, uh, mm -hmm. with Mark, you know, and they didn't know what to do. And, and Paul was like, I'm not yeah. taking him. And Barnabas is like, we're not abandoning him. Right. And both were kind yeah. of right. <laughs> and which one, what, who do you choose? They're both apostles kind of choose, going mm -hmm. after Jesus. Right. And, uh, and so, and they split and they went different yeah. ways. Right. And, but like, you said later down the road, you see Mark goes on to write the yeah. book of Mark and he, and he gets so redeemed because Barnabas yeah. poured into him and I'm like, Oh, thank God. We didn't just yeah. listen to Paul <laughs> or like, thank God for Barnabas who took in, you know, Mark. And so you just see there's, there's conflict, um, in the Bible amongst people. And yet they were believers chasing Jesus, loved Jesus with their whole heart. And they worked through it by the end of Paul's life in his letters. He says, make sure to send me yeah. Mark. Right. And, and he actually calls for Mark to come talk with him. And so you just see this ability to work through hard stuff. And so I would just say like, um, I've heard a lot of people, uh, whenever conflict comes up, they call Christians hypocrites. And it's like, no, they're not hypocrites. They're just people working through conflict. And like, that's okay. You know, and, like, that's all right. And so let's, 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 let's be okay to work through conflict together as a community. And that's totally, that's good. And you actually, when you go through conflict, you become closer. It doesn't actually tear you apart. You actually become closer because you know, we can go yeah. through so much and we're still going to make it. We're still mm -hmm. going to be okay. You know, and all my best friends that I've had, I've been blessed with some friends for 20 years. We've gone through some gnarly mm -hmm. conflict. Right. And that's why they're my closest friends. Right. Cause we worked through it. So I would just challenge people. If you want, community you're gonna have to be willing to like get offended and work through some hard conflict but the, but it's still god and it's mm -hmm. still good yeah know? absolutely natalia do you want to leave us with any closing thoughts um i think the thing that has amazed me is how much god will answer prayers for friends and prayers for community so i would really encourage you if you feel in a place discouraged or defeated or even really like held down by social anxiety um and like hurt like even church hurt um to really hold that before the lord and say god where are you in this and even say like god i need a friend like da 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 da, da. and god has amazed me the number of times he's answered those prayers and then also like brought me to this place where I know that every friend I have is a gift from him. And I know every community I'm a part of is a gift from him. So it just makes the way that I hold those things. Um, it gives me a different posture, right? That it's like, this isn't my friend that like I deserve, right? This is like my gift of friendship that I get to experience because God is gracious to me. And I want to honor and steward how God has chosen to weave my story with someone else's in whatever the season it is, right? And so that just enables us to approach things with a lot more joy, right? Than being like, I must hold tightly to this. Um, and I think yeah. it helps us experience the kingdom a lot more with that posture through those friendships. Absolutely. So the modern missionary is somebody who like intentionally pursues community and also utilizes it for the growth of the kingdom because community is an effective, important tool for modern missionaries. And so uh, love this conversation. Hope we can continue to have it and grow in community ourselves. But definitely if you are a believer and you're not in community, we encourage you don't 
wait for people to pursue you, but you be the one intentionally seeking others and establishing like, this is what I want our community for. This is what we want to see out of it. So thank you. Join us for our next episode of The Modern Missionary.